Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Serena. This week, we'll be discussing the final chapter of the Philosopher's Stone, The Man with Two Faces. We'll head right over to Serena in the Slytherin common room for the summary. Harry discovers that it is Quirrell, not Snape, who is serving Voldemort and after the stone. Quirrell tries to use the mirror of Erised to find the stone, but it bestows it upon Harry instead. Voldemort is revealed to be on the back of Quirrell's head, and he orders the professor to kill Harry, who blacks out in the struggle to keep the stone from him. Harry wakes up in the hospital wing and has a talk with Dumbledore. At the end of your banquet, Gryffindor is awarded the House Cup. Okay, so let me just get my pettiness out of the way here first. So when Harry gets into the chamber and realizes that it's not Snape, Curl says, it would seem like it was Snape because... He's around like an overgrown bat. (laughs) Yes, he says he swoops around, which is prevalent to the conversation we had about Snape. Him being a vampire. Being a vampire, yes. And also about Snape, that Quidditch match that he refereed, because Quirrell says to Harry that he couldn't do anything while Dumbledore was there. So what was the point in having Snape referee this match? I'm still hung up on this. It says that Snape wanted to referee it, though. Really? Yeah. To protect Harry. That's what I'm saying. Quirrell said that he couldn't do anything anyway because Dumbledore was at the match so there there was but no they point know that he was going to show up at the match maybe because he doesn't come to every match right no so he doesn't Snape, maybe Snape didn't know that he was going to show up and he was like well fuck I gotta referee this so I can protect this child yeah because I feel like that that would be something Dumbledore would tell him to do because Madam Hooch is the referee so I don't think Snape could just decide on himself you know what fuck you I'm refereeing this match like I'm taking your job you know what I mean I feel like Dumbledore probably told him to do it, but like we don't know that Dumbledore told him to do it because it's a secret that Snape yeah. worked for Dumbledore. Or maybe Dumbledore didn't know if his calendar would allow him to join the match <laughs> at the time. So he's yeah. like, you know what? You referee, if I can make it, I'll make it. If I can't, I can't. I'll just see what previous engagements I have, yeah. possibly. If nothing more important shows up. <laughs> exactly. I was also thinking, what a feeble attempt at killing Harry. Like, that was Voldemort's first attempt back at trying to kill Harry. Just get him, knock him off the broom. (laughs) Make it wiggle a little bit. The stadium is full of witches and wizards that I'm sure could have helped him even if he fell off. Yeah, well, because he's a wizard and we know that they don't do well with logic. If they did, he could have just thrown infant Harry out a bedroom window and... I mean, that honestly, he had no reason to think that Avada Kedavra wouldn't work. And then once he realized it didn't, it was too late to do anything else. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay, what I thought was interesting is when Quirrell wraps Harry in the ropes, he doesn't use a wand or anything. Is that because he's like a super gifted wizard? Or is that because he has Voldemort in him? I don't feel like Voldemort is that strong at this point. And I thought it was really interesting that he just, I, I think he flung out a hand or something and wrapped him in ropes. We don't see that a lot. 
I feel like Voldemort's one of the only people that can do that. So I think it's because Voldemort's there. Even though he's not that strong, he's still a very powerful, gifted wizard. I think Unless... Voldemort and Dumbledore are the only people that we really see use magic without wands. Right? I'm pretty sure Snape... I don't know if he does, but I know he's capable of it. He's a talented guy. Yes, he's very talented. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I love no, when, go uh, ahead. when Quirrell says you're too nosy to live Potter. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> he has a point there. <laughs> and Quirrell is finally the one that tells Harry that Snape really does hate him. And that Snape and James went to school together. I just still think it would have been so much better coming from one of Harry's friends than from Quirrell. Someone mm-hmm. should have told him the first time he asked, like, why did like that Snape hates me? I don't know why they covered it up. And to me, if he's asking, he's gonna find out. So you should have just told him. He, t- typically, he's asking because he already knows. He already has this suspicion. A, yeah, so he just wants someone to confirm it. Instead, they make him think he's crazy. I'm pretty sure that's called gaslighting. <laughs> it's funny because Hagrid's the one that he asks first, and Hagrid's like the king of just letting things slip. But the one thing he decides to keep a secret. That's because he hadn't had a drink that day. Yeah. <laughs> so when Curl says that he failed to steal the stone from Gringotts, Voldemort decided to keep a closer eye on him. Now, what exactly does this entail? How much closer could he possibly get? He's on the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> but was he always? Or did he just, was he just storing him somewhere before? And then Voldemort was like, okay, I can't trust you. I need to be attached to you. So yeah, I was assuming that's when he went on the back of his head. Because I assumed he was already on the back of his head. Because when Harry met him in the Leaky Cauldron, he was already wearing, wearing the, turban. the turban. And isn't that the reason he's wearing the turban? This yeah. is what I was confused about. Because he's like, he had to keep a closer eye on me. I'm like, how much closer? That's what I thought. I always thought that he was already on the back of his head too. And then when he said that, I was like, okay, maybe that's when he decided to attach himself to his head. Yeah, because I had that thought, and then I was kind of backtracking, but I thought when they met him in the Leaky Cauldron, they hadn't even gone to Diagon Alley yet. He was already on his head. Because he was already wearing the turban doesn't mean that Voldemort was on his head. He was gifted it by a prince or something, right? But is that true? Or was that the story he told for the reason he's wearing a ridiculous turban? Yeah, that's what I thought, but maybe it's true. And then they figured you're already wearing a turban, so no one will suspect anything. Oh, I always thought that the turban was just a cover-up story because how else is he going to explain that he comes wearing this turban back to, to work? I he was thought a, it, an Arabian prince or something, didn't he? No, that's yeah. what we're saying. Like, I was pretty sure that that was a cover story as to the reason he's wearing oh, the turban. That's what I thought. But then I was like, maybe it's true. They were like, this is perfect. <laughs> no one will suspect a thing. But I was also wondering, what's the funny smell then? Because there's nothing under there but Voldemort. Is it just like his breath from not? I was just going to say, can you imagine having your face just wrapped in (laughs) bandages like for days? And oh, does I wonder if he takes the turban off to sleep and then he's just got like a little company next to him when he's sleeping? Not next to him. What if he sleeps on his back? He has to sleep on his side. I would do it on purpose. I'm sorry, I'm a back sleeper. My he has like one of those little mannequins that he puts his turban on before bed. This okay. also kind of made me wonder, like, what kind of person was Quirrell before? Because Quirrell is a Ravenclaw, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And like, what made him run into Voldemort and be like, "You're is making this- some valid points." It says, I met him when I traveled around the world. A foolish young man I was then, full of ridiculous ideas about good and evil. 
Lord Voldemort showed me how wrong I was. I think there's kind of that parallel to him with Grindelwald. Even though I think Grindelwald is a little more charismatic about it, they have a way of making you feel like their fight is the right fight. You know, they have a way of convincing people, especially weak-minded people or people who have maybe a little less self-confidence, I feel would be... Carl seems pretty, like, confident and nasty, I feel like, when he's revealed. I don't know if it's just from having Voldemort on his head for so long. He is, but he does a very good job of pretending that he's not, which leads me to believe that that's how people were used to seeing him. I feel like he acts in front of everybody else the way he would have normally acted, even though now we see that he's not like that. That makes sense. Because he would have had to continue acting how everyone expected him to act so that he didn't raise flags. That's what I think. I accept that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So Voldemort tells Quirrell to use Harry to get the stone from the mirror because he can't figure out how to get it. So when Harry stands in front of the mirror, he sees himself with the stone in his pocket and then it really appears there. So as we discussed before, the mirror will show you different things at different point in time, depending on what you are desiring at that moment. And then this what I thought was really funny is Voldemort starts telling Harry about how he killed his parents. Why would you think that he's going to help you and hand the stone over to you when you hear gloating about murdering his parents? Again, wizards have no logic. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I killed your parents. Now give me the stone so I can live forever and right. then I will kill you as well. <laughs> I'm trying to make it seem like Lily doesn't die in vain. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? As if I don't give you this and you're still going to kill me, so it doesn't matter. So Harry tries to bolt and Quirrell stops him. But when he touches him, he gets burned. And this was another question I had. Like, why? I would think that Harry's touch would harm Voldemort, but not Quirrell. And then I'm thinking maybe it's like a Horcrux situation where the container has to be destroyed in order for that piece of him to be destroyed. Is that what it is? I think so. Well, Dumbledore kind of explains it. Because Dumbledore does tell Harry that Quirrell was sharing his soul with Voldemort, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So that's what I I was kind of comparing it to the Horcruxes, because we know when they go after the Horcruxes, it's the container that has to be destroyed in order for the piece of soul to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe this was the same sort of thing. But the thing is, is the piece of soul doesn't get destroyed. Quirrell dies and then Voldemort just escapes somewhere into a mist. Thoughts Mm -hmm. to think. Even though Quirrell's not actually a Horcrux. No. But that's where I get confused. If you're, if he's not a Horcrux, then I would think that Harry's touch would affect Voldemort, but not Quirrell. Then if he would have been a Horcrux, then I can understand him being destroyed in order to destroy Voldemort, but Voldemort is still there. He just but becomes... I mean, if they're sharing a soul, then I would assume anything that the other one feels, they would feel it too. So like... If that's going to hurt Voldemort's soul, their souls are intertwined. Mm-hmm. So there's no escaping that. It's going to hurt Quirrell regardless. Yeah, but they're kind of one at this point to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, this is where the confusion comes in. Because if they are kind of one, then how is it that Voldemort can escape it? He's more powerful than Quirrell, even in his diminished state. Because I'm feeling like he's not that powerful. But I guess maybe Voldemort weak is stronger than... And- Quirrell strong and Quirrell's not even really that strong if like sharing a soul with someone would make you pretty weak would it not yeah I assume it would it's kind of like feeding off him like a parasite yeah so yeah yeah yeah. all right so Harry passes out for three days and wakes up with Dumbly looking over him 
And this to me shows how Dumbledore really cares about Harry, that he's the one there by his side when he wakes up. Don't roll your eyes at me. (laughs) After the trouble that he literally sent Harry into and almost got him killed. I'm going to be the first one there when he wakes up, which is probably an accident anyway, because he didn't know Harry was going to wake up. He was just there to eat his beans. (laughs) As she sips her water, that drink of water just sold the whole thing. (laughs) Like he's over here, like eating his birdie bots, every flavored beans. And then Harry just wakes up. I feel like he was there waiting for him to wake up. (laughs) I think Dumbledore sat there for three days. (laughs) No, he did not. This one rolling her eyeballs at me. So he tells Harry that Fred and George tried to send him a toilet seat, which I love that tie-in with when he first met them on the platform. So Harry has questions and Dumbledore tells him that he may ask the questions, but if he doesn't want to answer him, he will not lie. He just straight up won't answer, which I really like that he has that honesty with him. Even though he doesn't tell him anything. No. (laughs) So cryptic. The first question that Harry asks is, why did Voldemort try to kill me when I was a baby? And Dumbledore's like, oh, the first question you asked me, I can't answer. I will eventually, but not today. And this is the beginning of the flaw in Dumbledore's plan right there. When Harry asks that question, he doesn't answer it. That's where it all starts. So this is another thing, and I want your opinion on this. Harry asks about Snape and the history he has with James, and Dumbledore tells him that James saved Snape's life when they were in school together, and that Snape saving Harry has kind of evened the score, and now Snape can get back to hating James's memory. I don't feel like this is the way Snape thinks. I really don't. I think the whole thing around Snape was just in reference to how he interacted with James and why he doesn't like Harry. I think everyone was just kind of like, what do we say? The only thing that would make Snape want to save Harry's life is Lily. So when he said that to him, oh, you know what? It kind of even, he feels even now because he saved your life. I'm like, I don't think Snape cares at all about being even with James. Okay, so Dumbledore explains to Harry his brilliant idea of how he hid the stone in the mirror of Erised. So only someone who wants the stone but not use it would be able to get it. If Harry had just not gone after the stone at all, it would still be safe. Yeah. Yeah. That also brings up is why the need for all the other enchantments. He couldn't have gotten the stone out of the mirror. So why go through all the trouble except to test the three students to see where their strengths lie? Exactly. Right? Because there's no reason. Once it's in the mirror, there's no reason for any of the other. He could just left it in the disused classroom, put the stone in it and been done with it. All right. So Hagrid comes in to visit Harry in the hospital wing and he blames himself for everything. And he swears, as we all have done many a times, that he will never drink again. (laughs) He gives Harry the photo album of his parents and he says that Dumbledore gave him a day off to put it together. So I think that after spying on Harry in that unused classroom, it dawned on him that Harry didn't have any idea what his parents looked like and he didn't know anything about them. And I don't think that Dumbledore actually thought that Petunia would be such a twat as to never even show him a picture of his parents or talk about them at all. And this was kind of a chance to to give him something. So Harry's allowed to leave the hospital wing for the end of year feast. And Dumbledore completely humiliates the Slytherins by awarding these last minute points to Gryffindor, which I do love Dumbledore. But <laughs> why bother going through 
the trouble of decorating the whole hall in Slytherin decorations. Like he should have awarded these points before the feast. Like really, should have, they should have been awarded days ago. Harry was out cold for three days. And then how long after that was the feast? Yeah, I don't think it counts if it's at the feast, honestly. No, that's terrible. And no wonder the Slytherins hate Gryffindor so much. And in this instance, I honestly don't blame them. And he knows already that there's this animosity between those two houses. How did you think this was going to help at all? Literally, like, yes, yes, well done, Slytherin. However, fuck you, Slytherin. <laughs> I think that was a quote right from the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, well done. However, recent events must be taken into account. And my little note next to it was, however, fuck you, Slytherin. I mean, and I understand, like, he's weighing this whole greater good he always has going on in his head where he knows that the trio what they're going to have to end up doing and he's trying to boost their confidence but honestly i think awarding the points beforehand would have just had the same effect yeah i don't think it would have been a difference the only difference here was he humiliated the slytherins and maybe he had a reason for that he thought they needed to be taken down a couple notches. Maybe, but I mean, once again, these are children. Like, they need to be humbled. Not all, oh yeah, I guess all of them. I'm like not all of them. Some of them <laughs> are. But they're still children. Mm, yeah, still- yeah. <laughs> as horrible as they can be, they are still yeah. children. Children are the worst, though. <laughs> like, sometimes they are. Sometimes they're so mean. They are, but that's the whole point: is they have learning to do, and they learn by. <laughs> like what's around them and I don't think this was the way for Dumbledore to show them (laughs) anything honestly and before I forget since we're speaking about points on the Alexa app there is it's called the official Harry Potter quiz where you can play for your house and you can choose if you want to play OWL level or NEWT level OWL level is multiple choice where NEWT level is like you just have to answer the question outright And it resets every month and you can change your level at that time if you want to. So the reason that I bring it up is that if there's any Gryffindors listening, can you please play? Because unfortunately, Dumbledore's not in charge of points for this game. And Gryffindor's always in third place, which is unnatural to me. So I need some help here. What do you answer? They quiz you on anything Harry Potter related. So if you play OWL level, they'll give you a multiple choice. But if you play, like I said, NEWT, they just ask you the question, like um, an example would be where in the wizarding world is this? And they'll describe something or who said this and they'll give you a quote, right? But you play for your house and then it gives you the house standings. But Gryffindor is always in third. I've been playing for like four months. Either way, I just need Gryffindors to play and get our score. I need to get out of third place here. At least second. Like, I can understand being second to Ravenclaw, maybe. But other than that, no. I need our score up. You guys can play, too. (laughs) I'm not going to be helping you there. Okay, so you guys have anything to add to this chapter? Yes. I really enjoyed how after the points got awarded to Ron... It says Percy could be heard telling the other prefects, my brother, you know, my youngest brother got past McGonagall's giant chess. Ron got what he wanted. That's all he, right? He was known. He got his recognition. His for recognition. Something. He, thought, he thought he was never going to be able to do something that his siblings didn't do. And he did. Does it actually say that Percy says he got past McGonagall's chess board? Yeah. How do the students know this? Um, Dumbledore <laughs> says that it's a secret, but naturally the whole school knows. Oh, true, so. true. Yes, yes, I forgot. <laughs> I did forget. What happened in the chamber is a great secret, so naturally the whole school knows. Anything else? 
All righty, Megan, we're going to head over to you in the Hufflepuff common room for Would You Rather. Okay, so today's Would You Rather question is, would you rather agree to keep Voldemort alive on the back of your head or agree to join his army and become a Death Eater? Okay, Voldemort is staying on the back of my head (laughs) and I'm sleeping on my back. (laughs) Because I, like Harry, am not becoming a Death Eater. Serena, I see those wheels turning. I know, because my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about Serena is that when she was little, she used to want a dark mark tattoo. I still want a dark mark tattoo. I will be getting a dark mark tattoo. Yeah, I think I'd have to become a dad theater. He's not going on the back of my head. Are you crazy? You could wear a fancy turban. That's that's worse. Bejeweled. He's going to make you drink unicorn blood and stuff. I wonder, can he force you? I'm pretty sure he can. Like, I feel like Quirrell was okay with it. Quirrell's like, I mean, he let him in, so he's like, I'll do whatever. But I don't know if he can actually force you to do it. He's going to say, which, back then, uh, and just let you do whatever you which want. Which is a good way to get rid of him. You put him on the back of your head and you just refuse to drink the unicorn blood. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Yep. I don't really think that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's going to work. And I'd have to, like, shave my head. That's what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, like, Quirrell was bald. But in my head, like, I've got hair. So, like, if he can just eat my hair all day. Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. Every time he tries to talk, he's got to move your hair out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, I love that image. Kill him! And he's already got his smushed nose from the snowballs. Right? Exactly. And then he's got hair. So what are you doing, Meg? Did you um, say? Also, yeah, he's all he's also going on the back of my head. I'm not going over the dark side. Isn't that okay. like going over to the dark side, literally having Voldemort on the back of your head? I feel like you have a little more control over him. How? He's on the back of your head. Yeah, but he needs me. Yeah. yeah like he can't survive without me. He needs me. This way, I I feel like I have more control over who he can hurt. Oh, I feel like I'd have less. I feel like as I a Death know. Eater, I could just, you know, casually ignore his instructions. But, but I don't think you could. You will die. Again. Well, you definitely can't if he's on the back of your head. But I think I can. Okay. <laughs> I think I have the mental fortitude <laughs> to mind over matter. <laughs> to okay. override Voldemort's uh, bossiness of my body. Okay. He's well, like, I don't. Yeah, Voldemort's Voldemort's weak, but I'm stronger than he is in his weakest state. Quirrell was a weak little bitch. I don't I think Quirrell was very weak minded. Yeah. Like I am a stubborn bitch. Literally. So I feel like Voldemort's got no chance here. I'm sorry. Drink the unit. And you know how I feel about animals. Can you imagine yeah, him telling me to drink unicorn blood? I won't even eat a piece of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Fair enough. Serena, you're the only one going over to the dark side. Uh, of course, our Slytherin. Oh, and there's no homework this week. Oh. Say, what's our homework? There's no homework this week because next week we're just going to have a recap discussion on the book, the movie, and we're going to have our special guest, our resident Ravenclaw is going to come in and he's going to tell us his Potter story because we didn't get it last time. And also he's going to give us a quiz. We just read the book, so I don't know if you guys need to brush up because game's on. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be awesome. And maybe mention us to all of your Potter friends.
That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>